everybody and a very big welcome to you if you're joining us for the very first time my name is pastor craig and i'm really excited that you decided to join us here for our weekend services at victory life church online before we jump into the brand new series that we'll be starting over the next two weeks let's pray together and then we'll jump into the word father we thank you so very much that we can come together from wherever we are in the world and we can explore who you want us to be we can explore you we can worship you and we can really press into all that you have planned for us. Father, as you begin to unwrap and unravel the purposes and the destinies that you have in our lives, Father, will you continue to grow us, shape us, and lead us towards the greatest destiny of all, and that is a relationship with you. And so, Father, we thank you for this. Jesus, we thank you for making that relationship possible. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, a very big welcome to you again. It's awesome that we can come together from wherever we are in the world and join together around the Word of God. Now, as you may or may not know, especially if you're from the United Kingdom, a big shout out to all of our guys and girls from the United Kingdom. Well, if you're in the United Kingdom, you probably know that Pastor Dwayne has been speaking at uh, the Grace and Faith Conference in Telford, and uh, he's in your neck of the woods. So if you have an opportunity, you can jump onto his website, PastorDwayne.com, and you'll be able to have a look at where he's speaking and how you can get uh, to see him while he's there. Well, if uh, that means, because you, 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 you've got Pastor Dwayne over in your neck of the woods, that he's not in our neck of the woods. So over the next two weeks, we're going to be taking a look at a very, very special scripture in my heart, and it's a scripture that really helps us push forward when things seem against us. Let's have a look at that scripture as we jump into the message today. As we begin a brand new series over the next two weekends, we'll be covering the subject matter entitled Fierce. And this is where I get that title from. Have a look at Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 11. Just going to read the first line. It says, But God, a most fierce warrior, is at my side. God, a most fierce warrior, is at my side. Now, you know what happens in life when we, we are busy journeying. We, we go through dips and troughs of knowing that God, a fierce warrior, is right next to us. Sometimes we can see evidence of God's fierce warrior ability um, right in our lives. And then sometimes life seems to get the better of us. Sometimes life seems to run us down and we just can't seem to press through to our next because, hey, it doesn't feel like God, the fierce warrior, is right alongside us. God, the first fierce warrior, wants you to know that it, it is okay for you to press on to your next, to step through and take the next step despite your circumstances. I'm really hoping, for those of you joining us in the room, I'm really hoping that, hey, as we journey through this message, as we go through this message, that we're going to unpack and be able to help somebody who's just stopping short of something that God intends them to have. They're just stopping short. They, they know they should have it. They know they want to press through. Maybe it's you at home. They know, they know that you, you know that you want to get there. You know that God has placed something on your heart. You've got an unsung song in your heart still. But something is holding you back from stepping into your neck. Something is holding you back and getting you to stop short. Today's message is going to have a look at what it means to persevere through a cycle of disappointment. 
Now we're going to have a look at that in a few moments, but we're going to be having a look at how do we pick ourselves up? What stops us from persevering and getting stuck in a cycle of disappointment? Maybe your life looks like that cycle of disappointment. And we're going to have a look at what it means to be caught up in that and how we can break that cycle. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36 is really the theme scripture for this weekend's message. Have a look at this. It says here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36, you need to persevere. Everybody say persevere. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. According to Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 11, what has God promised? God has promised that we are going to have a fierce warrior, the Almighty God, at our side. So when we are operating in His will, when we are operating in what He has asked us to do, pressing forward on the purpose He's placed on our heart and not stopping short, when we persevere, we will be able to feel, sense, and know that He is right alongside us. What has He promised? That He will be fierce for us. Now, when I think of the word fierce, I think of this lion in Africa, because that's where I come from. If you didn't realize that's where my accent is from, well, you haven't learned to speak the heavenly dialect of South African. Well, I come from South Africa, and man, we get to see some pretty fierce lions there in Africa. And, and when a lioness is focused on her kill, when the whole pride has been moving and maneuvering to make sure that they're going to get their food for the night, when that lioness is pressed in on the kill, very little stands between her and making that kill. Very little stands between the pride and making that kill. Their very survival depends on it. And when they get laser-focused on that prey, on that kill, it means that they can act in a ferocity and a fierceness, if that's a good word, a fierce, a, a fierce approach because they are confident in achieving their goal. Nothing really stops them short of getting food for the night. Nothing stops them short of achieving their goals. They press forward, they track, they watch, they keep going and they keep pressing forward. So when we have a look at that scripture in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36, and we combine it with the scripture in Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 11, you need to persevere. You need to press forward, basing yourself squarely on the veracity of God who's standing right alongside you to make sure that you can achieve all that He has purposed for you. God has made promises to you that you may never see because you've stopped short. God has promised things to you. He's not withholding His promise. His promise is still true. Yes and amen. But because we lack that veracity, because we lack that perseverance, we stop short sometimes and we don't see the outworking of God's promises. We are called in the scripture in Hebrews chapter 10 to carry on, to press forward, to persevere so that we can receive that which is promised. Now that is true in our relationships, that is true in business, that is true in our finances, that is true in our habits, that is true in our character, that is true in our spiritual journey. No matter what area of your life that you are looking at at the moment or you feel it's under the microscope or under pressure, 
God wants to be the fierce warrior that you press through with to receive his promise. You see, and I've said this a lot around here, God never asks anything from you unless he's already given it to you. Not only has he asked you to persevere so that you can receive his promise, he's also stood next to you as a fierce warrior to make sure that you have and have been empowered to be able to persevere. God doesn't just call perseverance out of you without giving you the means to have the ferocity, the fierce living to be able to press through whatever he has asked from you, he has also given you. And so as we unpack this contemplation of, of how being fierce is linked directly to perseverance, we need to understand, well, if we want to feel that God is in our corner as this fierce warrior and that we can press forward and that we can have perseverance, well, then what stops us? What prevents us from getting into a cycle of perseverance and rather slipping into the cycle of disappointment? Now, when I suggest to you that we have a cycle of disappointment, here is what I'm, I'm thinking. Have you ever been promised something and, and, and you get really excited? In fact, your excitement level needles go all the way up to 100% when you hear of that promise. It's a promise that's been given to you. You're going you're gonna to win a million dollars, a million pounds, a million rand, wherever you are in the world. And as soon as we hear that promise, our excitement levels start to go radically high. But as time goes on and we don't see the results of that promise, well, the needles start to drop off. They need to come down and they slowly but surely come down. And as that excitement wanes, you clock past excitement and you start dropping off into disappointment. Promise, excitement, fade. Promise, excitement, fade. Do you feel like you're living your life on that roller coaster ride of the disappointment cycle? You read a promise in Scripture that God will never forsake you nor leave you. You get all excited about it. And for a few days, you're excited about God's presence in your life. And then slowly but surely, you don't seem to feel that promise anymore. Slowly but surely, it seems to fade away. And you eventually can get to a place of being a little bit more despondent to go back to the Scriptures. And here's the cycle. What happens is next time you hear a promise, your needles, your excitement levels don't go all the way to 100%. This time around, they just go to 85% because you've got the history of last time in your mind. And then as those needles drop off again and they fade and get through to disappointment, you hear another promise and this time your needles only peak up at 70%. And slowly but surely, this world of disappointment, the cycle of disappointment, starts to reduce your passion, starts to reduce your excitement, starts to reduce the fact that you feel like you can be fierce and that you can attack life with the kind of ferocity that comes from having the Almighty God standing alongside you. And slowly but surely, our excitement levels no longer start to peak for some of you You've been so disappointed through broken promises, hurt relationships, smashed finances, that quite frankly, nothing gets your excitement needles up anymore. They kind of just flutter. And every now and then, you'll have a moment in church or you'll have a moment somewhere, but by the next hour, you're already back into the space of disappointment. Well, today's message is for you. 
Today's message is going to have a look at how do we break the cycle of disappointment. Because you see, we need to be excited. If we're going to be fierce and walk with a fierce God, we need to be excited about His promises all the time, every time. We need to get up in the morning because, and fight the fight because those promises are our weapons. Those promises that God has given us will and can provide you your ferocity, can give you that sense of being fierce and being able to step through anything and being able to persevere to see the perfect will of God come to play in your life. You see, the very promise is our action point. The very promise is what needs to kick us moving, get us going, not making sure that we drop back. So what stops us from dropping back? What, what's, at least what stops us from pressing forward? What causes us to drop back? What causes us to stop short? Well, I wanted to turn to a scripture today in Joshua chapter 6. And that's fundamentally going to be the sum total of the Bible that we're going to have a look at. So if you are new to the Bible, you can click on the tab or the Bible app is available to you on the online platform. For those of you in your room, in the room, you can open up your Bible in, uh, in your version Bible app. And you'll be able to follow along as we read from Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6 is the story of Jericho and the falling of Jericho. Now, Joshua is in the Old Testament, but there's so much that we can learn from what God does with Joshua. Because you see, Joshua is about to go through a process of leading a people into a place where there's going to be plenty of disappointments. And God needed to nurture and journey with Joshua as he was new to leadership at this time, in through getting into a cycle of perseverance as opposed to a cycle of disappointment. You see, perseverance is built and is building faith. Disappointment is building doubt. And the two cannot coexist. If you have a seed of mustard grain and it's the size, and it's the size of a mustard grain and it's your faith, well, then you can cast out that mountain, says Scripture, says Jesus. Well, if we have doubt in our minds, that mountain's not going anywhere. And as a result, we don't see the promises, the mountain being moved. We don't see God coming through as a fierce warrior. No, we just see disappointment, disappointment. And the more we are disappointed, the thing that keeps our needles from getting up, well, that's doubt. And so how do we combat this doubt? So I thought we could take a look at the story of Jericho and just take some lessons on how to prevent disappointment and get into a cycle of perseverance. The very first reason that we might find that our perseverance starts to wane is because our perspective gets blocked. Rule number one, item number one, pointer number one. If you're finding yourself in a cycle of disappointment, you probably find that your perspective has gotten blocked. Now, before we jump into Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1 to 5, I want to set the context for what it means to have your perspective blocked. If I get very close to a small foothill, I can't see the mountain behind it. If I'm drawing close to the small little hill and I look up, because of my perspective, I can't see Mount Everest behind it. And when we get very close to something, 
when we always drawing up close to it and we we're getting super focused on it well then we can't see the wood for the trees and this is exactly what happened to joshua and his men have a look at what happened in joshua 6 verse 1 to 5 now the gates of jericho says verse 1 we're going to read the first five verses now the gates of jericho were securely barred because of the israelites no one went went out and no one came in then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Now you might say, well, that's a great Bible story. Just an aside, just, just a quick aside. Sometimes when we see somebody else's victory, we oversimplify their process. Sometimes when we see somebody else's successes, we get jealous and we oversimplify the process it took them to become successful. Sometimes when we look at people that have achieved a great deal, we don't look at the work it took for them to achieve that great deal. And I'd hate for us to jump into to the Jericho story thinking that, oh, this is just a good Bible story. The outcome is, is that the walls of Jericho fell. I would like us for a moment to get stuck into the process. You see, God builds us in the process in the cycle. He's hoping that the process will cause perseverance because that will build faith, that will get our excitement for God's promises up. We sometimes get stuck in the process of disappointment. And I'd like to take a look at the process that Joshua went through, not necessarily the outcome. Don't want to so simplify the outcome, but rather get make sure that I'm in the right process. I hope that makes sense to you at home. You can just Click on, a, on any one of the banners or send some of those little hearts across the screen or say something in the chat room if, if, you, if you're a little bit confused or you, you're enjoying this. I hope that you are. But I'd really like to focus on that process. Now, interestingly, the very first sentence of that scripture shows us something about the situation. Have a look at that sentence. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of why? because they couldn't find the right key, because they were about to attack. No, the, the gates of Jericho were barred because of the Israelites. Did you see that? Did you understand that? The fear didn't lie with the Israelites. The fear was supposed to lie with those being attacked. The fear, when we are attacking our problems, is not ours to have. Satan the devil is the one, because of the blood of Jesus in your life, Satan the devil is the one that is fearful, not us. Jericho saw the armies coming, saw this vast multitude coming. Jericho wasn't a big city. It took them about an hour to march around the city on one day. It wasn't a large city. But you see what had happened was the Israelites had lost their perspective. 
In the backs of their minds, they had heard the story of the spies, telling them that everything was big in the land that flowed with milk and honey. Everything was huge. We could never conquer it. They still had stories of giants in their minds. And the only thing that Jericho had going for it was its tall walls. That was it. It wasn't big. It didn't have a big army. It just had these tall walls. And because of the stories that the Israelites had been hearing for 45 years, they had been walking with the stories of being things big and they would never be able to overcome them. Their perspective had changed. They had come so close to the tall walls, the big people, the giant problems that they had forgotten about the almighty God that could open seas. Their perspective had completely changed. Their perspective was that instead of being fierce, they were fearful. And now we had two groups of fearful people in the situation. We had those people sitting in Jericho being fearful, rightfully so. And then the Israelites who were fearful because the first city they come to, it has tall walls. You see, through the process, God was trying to teach his army and his people to keep the right perspective. Instead of stepping forward in fear, we can step forward and be fierce. He was trying to show them that fear doesn't lie with those who have Him at their side. Fear doesn't lie with those who have an almighty God that is a fierce warrior Himself. Oh, but the walls are too high. The people will be big. If that's the size of the walls, well then can you imagine what the people must be like? The people were fearful. The people were locking themselves up in these walls because of the Israelites. We try and make our walls bigger. We try and make our walls larger. We try and make them more extensive because our perspective gets a bit out of whack. You know what? In the story, God says something to Joseph, the at least to to Joshua, not to Joseph. He's another guy in the Bible. He says something to Joshua that I marvel at every time I read it. Have a look in the middle of verse 2. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Remember, if we persevere according to Hebrews, we will receive that which has been promised. God works and operates in the present tense of His promise, not the present tense of your situation. He operates in the present tense of His promise. The present tense of His promise might be future tense to your current situation, but God doesn't operate in the present tense of your problem. He already declares the place defeated. He already declares Jericho fallen. He already says that we have already been delivered. That this city has already been given into the hands of Joshua. That the problem that you sift, you, you're battling through and sifting through and working through has already been defeated. It's already been declared delivered. But we are camping in the perspective of the present, not the perspective of the promise. You see, when we have a look at this perspective of the present, then the walls will be too big. But they are not too big. Step away from the perspective of the present and have a look at the perspective of the promise and you will notice that God is in you, God is for you, God is bigger than the problem and He can walk alongside you as a fierce warrior as you begin to build your faith and begin to build your ferocity too. 
You might be looking at a wall right now today. You're feeling because of your perspective that you are overwhelmed. Well, your perspective is in the present, not in the promise. And so when you are feeling like God is saying to you, victory is yours and you're feeling defeated. When you're feeling that God is saying, be fierce, but you feel fearful. When God says to you, give, but you are in need. When he says to you, tithe, but you need to pay the bills. When you say to you, hey, you know what? Tell others about Jesus, but you're questioning Jesus yourself. That's because your perspective is in the present. God says to you today, I have already delivered you. I have already freed you. You can walk with the fierceness of a warrior, a warrior king through that battle. Walk. And you will see my promise become reality. Stand still in the perspective of your problem and you will start finding that that problem will get bigger. You will start adding to it. The people are bigger. They must have a massive war machine. There must be something behind those walls. And you'll start seeing, you know what, when the American football team huddles in the middle of the field, you'll think that they're speaking about you. You'll think that Everything is compounding on you. Your problem becomes bigger than God himself. Well, how do we get out of this rut of stepping into the perspective of God's promise as opposed to landing ourselves in the perspective of the present? Well, Scripture tells us, number one, if you're taking notes or following along with the notes, Scripture tells us that if you want to get into the right perspective, if you want to get into the right promise, then you need to worship the promise giver. We enter into His courts with thanksgiving and praise, even though we might be feeling low, even though we might be feeling down, even though we might be thinking that this world is all out to get us. Well, no, we then step up and we say, you know what, God, I'm going to worship you, my fierce warrior. I'm going to worship you so that I can understand the perspective of your promise. If you're never walking around somebody that gives a lot of promises away, you're never going to be able to receive a promise. You need to walk with the promise giver. And we walk with the promise giver by worshiping him. How do I worship God? Yes, we worship corporately. We worship corporately even when you're sitting in your, in your living room or when we come together here as a congregation and we have the praise and worship team and, and we worship together corporately. Isn't it awesome, folk in the room, that we can join with people from all over the world and worship corporately together? But we worship God by walking in His promises, not walking in our problems. That's how we tell God that we're walking with Him, that we're persevering through the problem because we have our eyes focused on the promises. We speak His promises. We live His promises. We read His promises. We dwell on His promises. We completely get consumed by His promises. And as a result, when we get consumed with what God has promised us and we press through the problem with perseverance, we find ourselves seeing the blessing of God. Now, this combination of standing on promise despite problem through perseverance is called obedience. And we're going to have a look at obedience next week as the key tool to persevering and not stopping short. So the first thing we need to do if we want to combat this perspective issue is we need to worship God. We need to enter His courts with thanksgiving and with praise. The second thing we need to do is not be associating with the rest of the army who also see those walls as too tall. We need to be associating with the army that knows that God has already delivered the city into our hands. 
We need to be fellowshipping together with other people who are worshipping the promise, not the problem. Have you ever met somebody that worships the problem and not the promise? Every single thing seems to go wrong. Every single thing seems to be a massive problem. You know what I'm talking about here in the room, right? You meet with somebody and how are you? Oh, I'm so tired. Why? What's, oh, well, this is getting me down and that's getting me down and the other's getting me down and I had to change medications three times this week and had to see this doctor and I had to see that doctor and I'm in four different counseling sessions. And, 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 and whereas all of those things are good if you're walking in perseverance towards the promise of your healing, well, it's not so good when you're constantly complaining about it. So the second thing you need to do is you need to gather together with people that excite one another, that incite one another to love and fine works. What is the love and fine works? Knowing that God is in your corner. He's a ferocious God and that God is for you and is not against you. We need to worship God, the promise giver. We need to worship with other people who see God as the promise giver. And then finally, all Scripture is inspired, says 2 Timothy. All Scripture is beneficial for every single aspect of your life. We need to know the promises of God and be willing to apply them. Three steps to breaking your perspective. Worship the promise giver. Worship with promise receivers and stand, know, and learn the promises themselves. Only God can speak in the past tense about a battle that you have not yet fought. Only God can say, I'm your fierce warrior when you're feeling fearful. Only God can give you a city that you haven't taken yet. Only God can speak in the past tense about a battle you have not yet fought. So number one about overcoming or what keeps you stopped from moving forward is we have the wrong perspective. We need to change the perspective from the problem to the promise. Secondly, and we're going to carry on reading in Joshua chapter 6 from verse 6 onwards, but here's the concept. Secondly, sometimes we get caught in the cycle of disappointment. Sometimes we get caught up in the fear because our progress isn't always obvious. I, I committed to a Bible reading plan. And I wanted to change this aspect of my life, and it's just not changing. I, I, I said sorry to that person, and I just don't get forgiveness. I, I, I did this, and I just don't get that. Our progress doesn't seem to be obvious real time. Let's, let's carry on reading, and we'll see how we can grow in our understanding on this point from the chapter that we're reading. Joshua chapter 6, from verse 6 onwards. So Joshua, son of Nun, called, that's N-U-N, he did have parents, Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. Now to the people, they didn't have the full instruction. They just knew that they had to take up the ark, have some trumpets, have some priests, and they were going to move forward. They were going to go towards the battle. They had an army with them, so they were expecting to get there to the army and press forward, make an attack, and get the, the city captured. And so when this happened, and they started 
just this walk around the city, they must have questioned and asked Joshua, well, what does it mean we're not making any progress? We're just walking around and around. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm stuck in traffic, when I'm stuck in bumper-to-bumper gridlock, I would rather be traveling in the opposite direction to where I need to go than be standing still. Are you like me? I'd rather take the longest route around the issue than just wait for the traffic to clear. I need to feel like I'm moving forward. But sometimes with the desire to move forward, we get in the wrong direction. Sometimes with a sense of wanting to make a difference of moving forward, we go in the wrong direction. I have a look at at ministry and and I realize that, hey, you know what? I could get so caught up in the busyness of ministry, of the busyness of of leading and the busyness of of being obedient to God and my call to be a full-time minister that I can neglect my, my children. I can neglect my family. And as a result, I can get caught up in progress, but going in the wrong direction for all the right reasons. And so when we have a look at the scripture, these men and women that were involved in the story must have felt like they were not making any progress, let alone the wrong direction. And maybe some of them even thought, well, this is the long, wrong approach to throw down these big walls. We've got to fight. We've got to have battering rams. We've got to, we've got to incite the army. And you're going, you're making some kind of progress, I think. But you're going in the wrong direction. You're walking around the city. What is this? A survey. Well, God carries on, the scripture, the, the, the scripture carries on and God steps in. So the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets. And the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry. But I thought we were at war. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So they didn't know that they were going to be marching for six days. They didn't know that they were going to be breaking through on the seventh day. They didn't know what the checkpoints were going to be along the way. They just knew that they had to march quietly until Joshua gave the appointed call. So he had the ark of the Lord, carries on in verse 11, carried around the city circling at once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Can you imagine a big warrior, general, fierce with all his battle gear, and he returns home to his wife, and his wife says, so how does it go on day one? We walked. My feet are a bit dusty. What would the children have said on day two when dad comes home and says, so how did it go? Uh, We walked around the city and then came home. Is it going to happen tomorrow, Dad? Is it, are we going to strike tomorrow? Everybody's saying that God is with us. The city has been taken. Are you going to strike tomorrow? I don't know. I think so. I don't know. Waiting on the call. Waiting on the call. Waiting on the call. And for six days, parents would have been embarrassed. Mothers would have asked, what's the point of, of your dad going off? There would have been consternation about this direction. There might have even been talk about what should be happening. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. No, that scripture in Hebrews tells us that we need to persevere in the promise of God, not our own promise. We will make greater progress through the process of perseverance 
than we will, will make in our own understanding. We will make greater progress in the process of perseverance than we will on our own understanding. So finally, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. And the armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord, and off they went again on the second day. So on the second day, they marched around the city once, and they returned to camp. Dusty feet, city walls still standing. They did this for six days. Walking for six days. They had been walking for 45 years. You think that God would give them a different instruction. They'd been walking in the wilderness already. And now they'd stepped over into the promised land. And here they were walking around again. Around and around they went. Coming home and telling their wives that they had done no fighting that day. Joshua had no instruction from God to tell the men the plan. And I wonder why. Surely if he had told them the plan, they would have excitedly walked around the city for six days, getting ready for the seventh. No, you see, Joshua and God were walking in the promise that the city had already been delivered. And so they were grooming an army of obedience. They were grooming a bunch of men that could trust in an instruction that they did not understand when it came from God. They were grooming a, a, an Israelite nation that even though they could not see the outcome, they trusted their God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 calls that faith. It's the assured expectation of the things hoped for, though not yet beheld. You see, the process was growing their obedience. And as they journeyed through obedience, there is no obedience to God that's not going to cause you progress. There is zero obedience to God that's not going to cause you process, progress. We give it things like God works in mysterious ways and oh, only God knows why this happened or that happened. No, no, no. You see, the minute we walk with God, no matter how strange the walk, no matter how long the distance, no matter how many cities and problems we have to walk around, the moment we team up with God, that God is alongside us as our fierce warrior, and we are walking with Him, you are already making progress. The finances may be in the same situation. The relationship might be broken down. Your health might be in the same place. But the moment you decide to draw a line in the sand and say, I will walk with my fierce warrior and I will persevere in his promise, you are already making progress. Your character is already being built. The person on the inside of you is becoming better than the person on the outside of you. Any obedience is progress. He may be shaping us. He may be changing us. He may be preparing us to bring down walls. He may be building our faith because the next city we have to take is going to be bigger and we're going to have to rely greater on Him and we're going to have to trust in His instructions even more, sometimes blindly. I would rather trust blindly the fierce or mighty warrior on the left or the right of me than trust my own understanding and think I have some form of insight because my human insight is nothing compared to the wisdom of the fierce warrior that walks alongside of me. It's not a mysterious way, it's the right way. It, God only knows, yes, He does know, and only He knows. And I trust in His knowing. I don't need to know. 
I need to know that I'm persevering in the promise. And so as we begin to journey through this process, we need to understand that what God wants to do in us must come before what He wants to do for us. God was shaping an army that was able to walk in obedience despite not knowing where they were going. He needed that. We think of all of the other stories of that Israelite army later on. When he called Gideon and said, Hey, Gideon, I need you to get 300 men and go and conquer this massive army. If what the story of Jericho hadn't happened, that army would not have defeated that huge Canaanite deployment. You see, God was shaping a group, an army, that in the process, they were making progress. In the process, they were getting their perspective into kilter. They were making sure that in that process, that they were walking forward in perseverance. You don't need to know what God is going to do for you to start letting Him do something in you. That alone is progress. You see, when we become to breaking the cycle of disappointment, we need to understand that we need to make sure that we don't need to concentrate on the progress. We're not concentrating on where we will get to. No, we're concentrating on the journey. Our progress may not always be obvious, but when we're walking with God, it will always prevail. We need to understand that sometimes our perspective gets blocked. Point number one. And then finally, we need to have a look and say, you know what? The process is happening. The progress may not always be there. And even with God, one of the reasons we get frustrated or get caught into this cycle of disappointment is because the process is open-ended. Have a look at what it says in verse 15 of Joshua chapter 6. On the seventh day they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. When we have a look then in verse 20, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Wow, wasn't that the promise? Wasn't that the promise that God had given them? They had arrived, right? They had achieved what they wanted to come and achieve. They must have rushed in. The army probably came home on that seventh day with all the riches and all the successes and sat down with their families and said, Wow, our God, we've done it. Not a few days later, the horn was sounding to rally the army again and their next battle was about to start. It didn't take them long to realize that they had an open-ended process on their hands. Even though we might win a battle along the way, we never ever feel like we've won the war. Maybe you're not like me. Maybe I'm the only sinner around here. But have you ever felt that? You're making steps slowly. Yes, the process is there. The progress isn't always evident. But I do feel like I'm taking small wins along the way. But when I get to a win, why is it that I don't feel like that's the end of it? Because God has placed eternity in your heart. The promise that He's given you is eternity. He has got an open-ended process for you. Your process with God and your relationship with God will never come to an end. If I get to a place in my life where I feel like my relationship now, I've done everything I need with my relationship with God, I need to be concerned. 
I need to settle in that the process is in place. The progress may be slow, but the process is eternal. It will always be operating in my life. I will never, ever, ever arrive, but I'm walking with God. I will never, ever get to a place where I feel like I am the Most High God. I can't be the Most High God. I will never be the Alpha and Omega. I will never be the beginning and the end. But I can walk with the Alpha and Omega. I can journey with the beginning and the end. And I can know that the process of perseverance is always going to land me in a promise. And that promise will push me on to, to do greater things, not stop short, not stop at the beginning, not stop at the end, but no, be looking to go to the next high walled city, be looking to go to the next battle that I need to fight, be looking to go forward to the next problem I need to work with God on. And then sometimes even when you've worked on something, God will cycle you back on the seventh day to recycle that problem, to go through that problem again, to go through that issue again, to make sure that we are always in step with the God that says he is our fierce warrior. This was not the last battle that the Israelites would face. The battle that you are going through with God at the moment is not the last battle you will face. In fact, we know that there's going to be a culmination of a very big battle at one stage. When Jesus Christ returns, we're going to see a massive battle. His battle on the cross wasn't the last battle that Jesus would face. He, as the reigning king of this kingdom, will face many more battles before the final day of judgment and the final day of reconciliation. We need to pray when we don't see answers. We need to show up when we think no one will miss us. We need to give when we don't see the provision. Because when the trumpets blast and we have been obedient, the walls will fall. The issue will dissipate and your perspective will change. God wants you to know today that your seventh day is coming. Your day when your walls will come down is coming. But it's not the last day that you will fight battles with God. Praise Jesus. Because on the last day of me fighting battles with God will be the last day that I choose to walk with Him. And that will be a very sad day. We are called to be fierce. We have a fierce and almighty God. We are called to change our perspective. We are called to make progress with Him just by walking with Him, no matter what's going on around us. And we are called to make sure that we walk an open-ended process with this God who's given us open-ended time. Don't check out just because the problems are checking in. You might not know what the purpose is. You might not know what the process is. We worship this promise giver. And from wherever you are in the world, no matter what your situation is, no matter where you are, I pray today that you've had a breakthrough in your process to the promise. That you're not just sitting in the perspective of your problem, but that you're changing your perspective towards His promise. You have greater things in store for you. You haven't arrived. Your current situation is not all there is. There are more victories to be had. There are more people to receive Jesus in your life. There are more things to get done than just your current circumstance. Don't stop and think that the current battle or the previous battle is the last one you wish to face. No, because when we walk with God through battles, we will be victorious. And when I mean victorious, we will always have our ferocious, our fighting, almighty God standing right next to us. We can be fierce because we serve, we walk with a fierce God. 
that is always looking to provide our promise, the promise that He has for you, the promise that He has for me, me, as long as we walk, persevering in the promise, not the problem. I pray today that you have been empowered to carry on, to press forward. Whether you've just recently been victorious, whether you're walking around the city of Jericho not knowing what's going on, you are already victorious because you're walking with a fierce warrior God. Let's pray together as we close out today's message. Father, we thank you so very much that you are our God. We thank you that you have given us all the tools not to get caught up in the cycle of disappointment, but to get caught up in the cycle of persevering in your promise. Father, thank you that we can carry on. Thank you, Father, that no matter where we are, finish the victory, building up towards the victory, being fearful, being afraid, where no matter where we are, we can look forward because you have already declared the city ours. So, Father, we thank you for all of the gifts that you give us. We thank you for your promises. And we pray those promises into every situation of every person hearing the sound of my voice right now. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, if you made some level of commitment today, if in your heart you stood up and said, Yes, I, I need to persevere. I've been persevering in my problem and not persevering in the promise. Around here at Victory Life Church, we believe that the primary promise that God is asking us to persevere in is the name of Jesus. His primary promise and all of His promises are wrapped up in you receiving the promise of Jesus into your life. And if you, for the first time today, wanted to make that commitment of saying, yes, tell me more about how I can persevere in promise and not persevere in my problems, well, then the banner at the bottom of the screen, the link in the chat room is for you. It doesn't matter if you've recently received Jesus, but it didn't know what it meant. It doesn't matter if you've received Jesus a long time ago, or today is the first time you want to persevere in the promise of Jesus. Click on that banner today. If something welled up in your heart that you want to express, I would like to meet with you personally via email, via Facebook, whatever mechanism. Please feel free to engage with us and let us have your details so I can get hold of you, I can be in contact with you personally. Tell me a little bit about what you've been persevering in. Tell me a little bit about what promise you've just stepped into, what commitment you just made when that pop-up comes up on your screen, and I would love to reach out to you personally. Click on that banner, click on the link in the chat room, and I'll be sure to be in contact with you during the next week. Thank you so very much for joining us today. As you go your different ways right now, there are people in the chat room that you can pray with, that you can chat to. Just click on the prayer button on the, on, on the platform right now and someone will be able to have a safe and secure one-on-one -on -one conversation with you and be able to pray, promise, not problem. Thank you so much for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. Look forward to seeing you during our midweek messages. The schedule is available. And also next weekend when we continue the series of how to be fierce when obedience calls. We look forward to seeing you then. Be blessed.